What is up, DJs? It's Cash, Cash, Cash Home, and this is the Fantasy Unleashed podcast. That is no E before the D, and this is the fourth episode of the DraftKings Market Update, where we are tracking the different NFL futures that are offered over on DraftKings. So before we jump into the addition, additions and changes that took place this past week, what I first want to talk about is, from my thought process, just two different sides of the coin. The first side of the coin is that the sports book is more intelligent than the better, and typically, typically when I look at futures... I tend to think that for team future, so I mean Super Bowl division winner, uh, highest win totals, low, lowest win totals, that the sports book tends to be more intelligent than the better. And I like to be able to follow those team futures and be able to apply that to fantasy compar- comparatively then to the better, maybe say not being more intelligent than the sports book, but having a greater opportunity to win over the sports book. And I tend to look at player props as that more. Market. So for this episode, I first want to hit on 10 teams that on DraftKings site that are in the top 10 for lowest scoring teams. Okay, so when I say top 10, they're expected to be the lowest scoring teams for the coming season, but are also in the top 10 for fewest wins for the season. In both categories, both top 10 lowest scoring team and fewest wins for, for the season. So I want to highlight these teams because as drafters, so this is the fantasy side, we tend to just get caught up up and thinking that some stacks may may be equal to other stacks. And hitting on this list, I just want to be able to raise an, an awareness red flag that these are 10 situations where chances are more likely than not that a good majority of these offenses will have trouble moving the ball. And if they have trouble moving the ball, that means that there's going to be lack of fantasy production that comes from these teams. So with that being said, these are the teams that fall in the top 10 for both lowest scoring teams and fewest expected wins. The Houston Texans, the New York Jets, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Detroit Lions, the Chicago Bears, the Cincinnati Bengals, the New York Giants and the Philadelphia Eagles. So when I look at this list, the two that I can buy into a season-long negative game script in which the, these teams are going to be able to move the ball consistently. They may not win games, but they're going to move the ball and they're going to give teams put up not just points within a game, but they're going to put up fantasy points are the Cincinnati Bengals and the Philadelphia Eagles. The other teams, the, the Houston Texans, the New York Jets, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Detroit Lions, the Chicago Bears, the New York Giants, I consider that group to be the good majority of the team which very well may potentially be, I mean, just not able to move the ball. If there were two other teams that I would be more confident in betting in upside, that would be the Jacksonville Jaguars betting on who's one of the best quarterback prospects to come out of college, I mean, debatably, uh, and Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence having explosive weapons at his disposal and DJ Shark and LaVisca Chenault, and then also the... Chicago Bears. And that that being the Chicago Bears when Justin Fields ends up taking over the offense, um, which based off the odds, that's not that's not expected to be week one. He, Andy Dalton is leading week uh starter uh pretty significantly over Justin Fields. So those are the teams that just as you're drafting and if you're continuing to target them every single draft, just take a step back and realize that, okay, you know, there there is quite a bit of risk in uh, drafting these situations. For me, Cincinnati Bengals, Philadelphia Eagles, I'm more than fine buying into those uh, season-long negative game scripts. And I will even say, I mean, Jalen Hurts is one of my highest owned players over on Underdog. So jumping over now to player futures, what I'm seeing is as player prop uh, futures are added and released by DraftKings, that there is tremendous fluctuation uh, week to week. So 
For, for example, that, on the previous episode, I mentioned Jared Goff and I mentioned Ryan Tannehill. I mentioned how Jared Goff had a higher over-under for total passing yards at 4,150 compared to Ryan Tannehill at 4,050. 4, already in one week, there's been that adjustment. Jared Goff has uh, went, went down 150 yards. He's now at over-under 3,995 yards, and Ryan Tannehill is up at 4,200 yards. So as... You know, I'm going to hit on some of the player props that that I like, but I would also suggest that as these player props are being added, to just be able to go. If you're able to bet on DraftKings, go check out DraftKings, and if there's a over under that you, that you like, hit it now because it may not be there next week. So, with that being said, some additions for passing over unders: Ben Roethlisberger over under 3,900 yards, Dak Prescott over under 4,795, Derek Carr. 4,050, Ryan Fitzpatrick, 30, 3,900, and Sam Darnold, 3,950. So Dak Prescott, absolutely crazy. In the new Mike McCarthy offense last year in five games was on track for an astronomical 5,939 yards. I think that we just forget that Dallas was just stampeding. They were rolling over the league with offensive production. However, it is worth noting that he's only thrown over for that mark one time in his career in 2019 through for 4,900 yards. So on to rushing over unders, players that were players that were added and uh, some of the players that are sticking out to me, obviously Cam Akers. I mean, bind to the Rams, I will every single draft that I can. Cam Akers, one of my highest owned players uh, over, over on underdog, and he is listed at an over under of 1,100 yards. I'm buying into the Todd Gurley volume and it not being so much of a split backfield between him and Henderson. Two others that I like, I mean, consider me a fish, but I'm just, I'm hammering some of these overs. Damian Harris, I will buy into Damian Harris. I mean, I'm buy, buying into him right now, uh, being drafted in the eighth round, pretty much every chance every chance that I can get, get him if I uh, need a running back in that round. Over under 845 yards, buying into that he's going to be the clear RB1 in la- last year. I'm pretty sure that he only got three targets out of the backfield, so his involvement isn't in the passing game, is solely solely rushing. So I like that over. And then also Gus Edwards. I want, I want to buy into J.K. Dobbins' fantasy immortality and that Gus Edwards is just a non-factor. I would love to see J.K. Dobbins get uh, 110% of all the volume, but I do think that Gus Edwards is going to be a guy where it, it is going to it's going to be more of a split. Gus Edwards gets 10 to 12 carries a game. I like the over of 600 yards. So on to receiving. So receiving futures and player props. This entire list was just added this week. Uh, whereas rushing and passing was added partially the week prior. I'm going to list the top 15 in order. So Calvin Ridley, DeAndre Hopkins, and Stephon Diggs, Tyree Kill, they were very lazy and they just grouped them um, all in the same category at 1,350 yards. Following that crew is Justin Jefferson at 1,325, Travis Kelsey, 1,300, DK Metcalf, 1,255, DJ Moore, 1190, Terry McLaurin, 1180, AJ Brown, 1175, Amari Cooper, 1175, Allen Robinson, 1090, Chris Godwin, 1080, Darren Waller, 1050, Mike Evans, 1050. So overlapping with fantasy drafts, you know, like I continue to see whether it's team futures or player props that DraftKings, uh, DraftKings has offered. 
And then I just continue to hit myself. I continue to hit myself straight in the straight in the forehead because I'm going to openly admit that I may be missing on mispriced ADP with everybody from Tampa Bay and that being more so the wide receivers the wide receivers I mean Mike Evans is going early fourth round and Chris Godwin uh he's trending a little bit up I mean he's now going uh mid fourth but you can still get him at the end of the fourth and that's just been consistently where they've been going all year and there here they are listed in the top top 15 and I don't have a lot of exposure others beyond the top 15 that jumped out to me. So looking at the San Francisco San Francisco receiving core situation, you have George Kittle at 1025, and then you have Debo Samuel at 895, and you have Brandon Ayuk at 875. George Kittle last year actually was on pace for uh, 12, uh, 1268 in 2019, uh, 1053 in 2018, 1377. But it's it's just worth noting that in 2019 and 2018, there wasn't a, a lot of competition for George Kittle, but he has eclipsed the, uh, the current over-under of uh, that's offered on DraftKings right now of 1025. But just the fact that you have Debo Samuel at 895 and Brandon Ayuk at 875, like those those look good too. What I would say is whoever you're more bullish on out of those three players, just to go and to hammer the over. And then if you're looking for somebody that could just absolutely obliterate a current over under, that's that's Odell. I mean, pending, he is healthy and just betting just betting on the talent that he returns to that elite wide receiver category. His over-under right now is 925 yards, and he's a guy that could go go out and get 1,300 yards. That's going to do it for this week. Everyone, I'm telling you, if there's a player prop that you like and you're able to bet on DraftKings, go hit it now. The fluctuation is pretty crazy just from initial release, even just week to week. So if you like it, bet it now. You may not have the opportunity to do it later in time. With that being said, everyone, please go get some exercise. And after you go get some exercise, Maybe go take a cold shower, and if you want to, I would love it. Hit that subscribe button. We'll catch you next week.